think it makes the world so much deeper and richer when mm -hmm. we start seeing people for who they are at their core rather than either the person that we present to the world mm -hmm. or some of the labels that people put onto us. Hey, hey, everybody. This is JoLynn Bright, also known as JLB in the house. And we just want to welcome you to another HopeNet Studio 2501 podcast, conversation about mental health and wellness. We're so glad that you chose just this time, whether you're in your car, in your house, walking or whatever, to listen in on us today. Our episode today is Back in the House. We're bringing you another segment of that. And we're so, so, so pleased that Michelle Meinhardt is back in the house with us. And Michelle, we are so glad you're here. So say hi to our folks. Hello, everybody. I'm so glad to get to be here. Excited to get to be back in the house and get to see everybody again. <laughs> Isn't that fun? Yes, I'm loving it. I, I just am so glad that we chose to do this. And the, the big thing is that I'm glad that you said yes. Mm -hmm. Because you could have said no, but you and you didn't even wait that long. But how how can you say no to me? I guess exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and hope that is just such a meaningful place that I don't think there was any way I could say no. Okay. And the thing is, you you're back in the house because you spent time here um, mm -hmm. as one of our clinicians and also. Uh, as the assistant program director mm -hmm. and I got to work with you so that was really really fun and you know what this is crazy Michelle but I think about we've gone through some hard stuff together yes. but we've also gone through some really joyful yes. things together and when God chose to prick your heart to say it's time for you to be launched out and to do this next thing with me that I'm doing mm -hmm. that you were able to say yes and you were strong enough to say yes and just to go do that so it's been really cool um, knowing you and getting to know you even better even once you left mm -hmm. HopeNet so you were here tell tell the crowd tell the tell the folks who is Michelle um, whatever you want them to know, tell them something funny. Make sure you tell some something funny, because whenever you bring out your humor, it, it's crazy <laughs> for us. <laughs> and just what brought you to HopeNet? And let's let's just start with those two. Just tell us something about you. What brought you to Hope HopeNet, and how long were you here, and all of that? Yeah, those are both great questions. Um, I think it's always really hard to define yourself in. A short amount of time but I just tend to be somebody who I love people I love giving back I love seeing what the Lord is gonna do um, I tend to be a, a deep thinker but also have learned to not take myself so seriously over the years you have you have <laughs> <laughs> a little bit we can, we, can, we can laugh about that one yes so um, what brought me to HopeNet was uh, it's an interesting story so I was finishing up my last year in graduate school for my uh, master's in social work, and I had already passed the exam. I still had a, a little more time left on my internship, mm -hmm. but I was starting to look for where was my next step, where was my next chapter. Mm -hmm. And I really wanted to do work with folks who were underserved. Um, I really had a heart for folks who 
either aren't well served elsewhere or tend to get overlooked. Um, but I also wanted to do work in a faith-based sense, um, but I really didn't know of any place like that locally. And I grew up in Wichita, so I felt mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. I had a pretty good sense of what was around here. Um, so I just kept searching online, job postings, wasn't really finding anything. Um, and then one day, this job posting comes up for a place called HopeNet. Okay. And I had never heard of it before. I read the job posting, and it was almost as if every single word was written specifically to my spirit. Oh, wow. That I read it, and I thought, I need to be here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved, too, that one of the requirements was they asked you to write at least a one-page testimony okay. to share. Um, so I got a chance to share some of my story with the interviewers and with the people who were and you did out. that with total strangers i did you know. i did you know this is really crazy because i've heard you say this before but it always makes me wonder like michelle how did you know how did you get this thing of i know i want to serve the underserved i mean you know what i'm saying where in the world mm-hmm. does that come from because you you're a new professional you know what i'm saying you're just mm-hmm. launching out but where in the world did that come from I feel like God has kind of always put it on my heart to be a little bit um, countercultural. <laughs> Ever since I was young, I was one of those people who had a hard time just taking things at face value or just accepting that things are the way they are because that's the way they are. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as I went through my studies, undergraduate and graduate studies, I started to just become a lot more aware of um some of the social inequities and some of the realities of what people struggle with every day you know Mm -hmm. I think when you grow up middle class that you're you tend to be kind of insulated from some realities of life Um, and so I think to me that was just a, a big growth opportunity to get to really just kind of push back against this idea of being comfortable mm-hmm. and being challenged by the Spirit to see people who were struggling. You know, when I came to Christ, that was one of the things that really drew me to okay. Christ, was that mm-hmm. He saw people. Oh. He didn't just walk on by. He didn't just um, say, oh, there's a leper, you know, and label them. But He approached people. He looked them in the eye. He touched them. And to me, I just felt my spirit really be convicted by that and strengthened by that, that that's how we as Christians are to be in this world. Mm-hmm. I really appreciate you sharing that right now, right here, right now, because you know when we're in the midst of the work and you're in the midst of serving those people that you're seeing, I- I'm going to see you, I'm mm-hmm. going to sit with you, that type of thing. I see you doing that with your clients, mm-hmm. but I'm, I i don't think I ever called you outside and say, Michelle, why do you do that? Where in the world did that come from? So I'm glad you shared it now. Mm-hmm. And tell me, where does that sit or resonate for you right now? Like you've been in the field for a while. Mm-hmm. Like what, what impact has that had on your life? Like when you get to live it out as a therapist. Yeah, yeah. I think it makes the world so much deeper and richer when mm. we start seeing people for who they are at their core rather than either the person that we present to the world mm-hmm. or some of the labels that people put onto us. I think that's something that all of our 
spirits want and cry out for is to just really be seen and to not be pushed aside or to be categorized and have that be the end of things but to really have people see us and accept us and know us and I feel like that's the heart of God too is Mm -hmm. his acceptance of us as people you know not just as oh you're a woman or oh you're um, in poverty but he he sees who we are through all space and all time and sees beyond Mm -hmm. all those things Okay, thank you again for sharing that. Tell me, tell me about your time here, because I, I know that when um, I showed up in, I think it was 2017, I'm a crazy person, and this is one thing I did notice about you immediately, is that you're very observant. <laughs> I said, Michelle was checking me out to say, who is this crazy woman that Hope that is just hired? You know, and so you were here even before me. So you had Mm -hmm. seen um, us come through some transformation. For one thing, the building was transformed. So it's Mm -hmm. a really beautiful space right now. But I think it was something different when you first arrived. So what in the world was going on at the time that you were here? (laughs) Well, it's funny that you asked because um, (laughs) when I first applied, so I had applied right after um, I had passed the licensing exam. Mm -hmm. And I came in, I got interviewed, I was really excited because I felt like it was a good fit, I felt a good connection with my interviewer. And then I get a call the next week and she said, I'm so sorry, we're in the middle of a building renovation, (laughs) so we're not gonna be able to hire anybody for at least three months. So if you Mm. need something, you might wanna move right along. I remember this story, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and so in that moment, I was faced with a crossroads of do I, just look for a job for a job's sake Mm -hmm. or do I follow the call that I feel like God has put on my heart and say yes and just trust that he's going to provide in the meantime because I don't know many of us that can just go three months with no source of income right so (laughs) well you would experience what the the population you want to serve there would probably be some poverty going right there (laughs) you know and you can identify maybe that was an opportunity to identify (laughs) Yeah. But if I'm not yeah. mistaken, you did something really crazy during that three months, wasn't it? <laughs> I did, do yeah. I get, go ahead, do I get to tell on you a note, or you, you got to tell that, what you did? I can tell, okay. yeah, yeah. So I decided, you know, if this is what I feel like God has put on my heart, if I feel like he's lining everything up, I need to trust and find something temporary. Mm-hmm. So I ended up going back on, looking for some job postings, and I found a listing for something I had done in the past, okay. but had come up again. So it was a temporary summer job mm-hmm. to work for three months, yeah. um, mowing the sides of the highways with tractors. <laughs> I, I, now I went, okay, you guys will see a picture of Michelle and I. <laughs> so I'm looking at this little, little petite girl <laughs> and just trying to imagine her on a mower along the highway. No, not, mm-hmm. not mowing lawns, not just mowing lawns, but the highway. Yeah, like the tractor with the big <laughs> attachment on the back, the big double yeah. decks. Yep. <laughs> you have to have a picture of that. I, 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 I do. do. Okay. I do. I'll have to send you one. Okay, do it. Do it. Please do that. And so what, so you get here, you wait the three months you, that you get to come on, you've done the interview, they, apparently they didn't say, HopeNet did not say to you, we don't want you, we just say, mm-hmm. mm, 
we're kind of doing some stuff, so we don't right. want it. And they said there's no guarantees. They said Ooh. you can wait, but you're going to still have to interview again. Again? Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so did you come back and do that again? I did. I did. I came back and interviewed again, and I decided, Lord, if this is what you have for me, you're going to make it clear. Mm-hmm. And he made it very clear. I felt like um, there was a good connection there, and I got the call back within a couple days. They mm-hmm. asked me to come come on board. Okay, good. So then what were the first couple of months, the first year like? Yeah. Uh-oh, she's breathing now. <laughs> <laughs> the first year was such a whirlwind because here I am, brand new clinician, mm-hmm. getting used to seeing my own clients. And not um, being a student. Right, mm-hmm. right. Getting used to all the protocols at a new place. Um, but also there was a lot of transition at HopeNet that they had just finished up the building renovations. Okay. And so there was a lot of settling, you know, mm. figuring out who's going to go where, what's going to happen. Okay. Um, and so there was a lot of um, just kind of feeling of things in, up in the air. Okay. Not, okay. not a lot of um, feelings of settledness, but it was also one of those just hit the ground running type situations. Mm-hmm. Um, and I loved it. I loved it. There was such a team atmosphere of everybody pitching in. Mm-hmm. There was nobody who would say, this that's not my job. job. You know, mm-hmm. everybody would say, hey, let me help you with that. Mm-hmm. Um, and was that new for you? I mean, people, I know that people, that even the new people now are saying, this place just seems kind of unreal because it's different from another work culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was very different from almost anything I'd ever been a part of before. And just so refreshing, you know, you could really see God wanting to move in the midst of this and wanting to knit people together, even Mm -hmm. if just for a season. Yeah. Yeah. Don't even talk about for the season. (laughs) (laughs) And I I just um, tell me what you liked best about clients and like what was impactful. I mean, I mean, the work that you've done with maybe men, women, Mm -hmm. families, what What's been, what was most impactful here, hmm. your work? Do you mean for, for me or for the client? Why don't we do both? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think probably for me the most impactful moments mm-hmm. were the ones where I really saw my clients taking steps of faith, mm. whether that was sharing something that they'd never shared before um, whether that was taking a risk and shedding a tear mm-hmm. in session, um, or whether that was even asking hard questions of their own faith in those moments. Mm-hmm. That those were the things I think impacted my own journey and my own faith, okay. was just seeing their courage and their willingness to, to be real mm-hmm. and to trust. That's huge. Mm-hmm. What about you? Like, well... I, I want to ask you in, in a different way. Think I want you to think about the Michelle on the first day of work. And I want you to think of, too, the Michelle that then said, God's calling me to a different vineyard. And so what in the world did you see in yourself as a helper? You know, someone that gets to sit with very vulnerable people. doesn't matter what economic status they're they're in what what in who 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 do you see and what was going on with her hmm 
Can you ask it in a different way? I'm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to wrap my mind around that question. I want you to go back to, just go back to when you first showed up, you know, I'm this brand new clinician. And then when I am asked to come somewhere else, mm-hmm. what what did you notice about you? What's What was different? What was the same? What was like an aha, you know? Mm-hmm. For you, like one one thing, like I'm I'm even thinking right now in my head was even your your thing about um, working with people with eating concerns. Mm-hmm. Okay, but I but mm-hmm. I, there's probably a lot in there because there was time I wasn't here with you. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I think a lot of what happened in the in between was a refining process. Mm-hmm of the Lord within my own spirit that I think when I first came here, I was very much in the mindset of do what I'm asked okay, and um, kind of follow and take what people ask of me and, and take the next steps. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what I think God built up and refined in me over my time in HopeNet was learning to listen to Him. Okay and to take initiative to not just wait to be told okay what the next thing to do is um and so i think that's what really led me to the place of being launched was Mm -hmm. practicing some of that practicing some of that listening um trusting god to really lead and where he wanted me to be Mm -hmm. and um i just really felt when that time did come, that he put on my heart just that that desire to be in that arena of working with food and body issues, yeah. um, just because there's such a huge need, mm-hmm. um, especially in the local area. There's yeah. a few providers, but there's a lot right. of need. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it was also just a big step of faith because I didn't know what it looked like. I didn't know how to be my own boss or how to do all those things. (laughs) Um, And so, yeah, it was, it was tough, but also invigorating, maybe is a good word for it. Mm -hmm. It was like, um, like the new, like there's something about. Yeah. Like, like God kind of gave me a vision of, I'm drawing you towards something. I'm not just saying no to something else. I'm drawing you towards. It's so interesting because when even when you begin talking about that, I we had had conversation even prior to you saying yes mm-hmm. to the new, and because I think as uh, while I was the program director, you're kind of looking for your strength, like where is my strength? And definitely you, Michelle, were you know my right hand. I had Jamie on this other hand. I said we have some strength here and that we can build from this. Mm-hmm. And so I even took some risks to ask you like what are you thinking? Like mm-hmm. and we try to promise not to tell people don't leave, please don't leave, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I just remember your words to me said I I Joan I'm here. I, I'm, I'm here mm-hmm. and that's what I feel right now I don't feel anything different right now and it, it wasn't like it was almost like within two months then God said hello hello Michelle <laughs> <laughs> and um, you you did a great job of like then bringing me up to speed off of our conversation like saying mm-hmm. okay like if, if he's getting ready to take my right hand then he's got to bring he's gonna he's gonna bring something else 
And so you, I think that was hard um, for us to say goodbye to you. But the thing is, we have learned that we've launched so many people into the community to do more, to do that more that God wants them to do. And there, I remember us talking about, um, and I want you to talk about this food and body thing because we know that in the city that the providers are really limited and some some of the people are aging out and i'm like okay michelle you need you need to contact so and so or you need you know if you want to talk to them about that you can talk to them about that but you got to stay here mm-hmm. but the thing that we realize it's you you're the next generation of providers in that arena so can you talk about your passion and even just your interest, I mean, whatever you want to share about that, because people need to know there is somebody in the city that has some expertise around food and body. Yeah, yeah. And there are several other folks. I don't mean to paint no. myself as the only one. No. Um, but yeah, I, I really feel a passion towards um, dual specialty. So working with food and body issues, mm-hmm. but also working with trauma through yes. EMDR. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times there are folks who have a need for both, but there are not a lot of providers who have training in mm-hmm. both. There are a lot of trauma-informed providers. Right. There are a lot of, um, not a lot, a few eating disorder providers. Right. Um, but it's very uncommon to have both. Um, and so that's a lot of where I found myself being drawn is to really work with folks with food and body issues. Mm-hmm. Um, and you notice that I, I include eating disorders, but I don't right. only mm-hmm. speak to eating disorders just because I think a lot of people who have eating, eating disorders, disorders don't know it or yeah. they wouldn't call it that. That's what you've taught me. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. People think hear the word eating disorders and they think of a thin, white, college-age woman. Yes. But it includes so many different ages, mm-hmm. life stages, body shapes and sizes, mm-hmm. um, any person can have any type of eating disorder. Um, and so I try to be inclusive with my language so folks okay. can recognize themselves and to say, I have an issue with food and body. Mm-hmm. And maybe I wouldn't say that I have an eating disorder, but I can recognize I might need some help here. Yeah, like I'm, I'm not throwing up, I'm not eating a bunch of food and throwing up. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm okay, aren't I? Mm-hmm. Or is it every time I'm stressed that I'm at the, the refrigerator opening it or or I've eaten a whole bag of chips and it's been my comfort or mm-hmm. whatever and it's been a habit like for a long time. Right. But I, you know what I'm saying? Can you, exactly. speak, can you speak to that a little bit? Like how do you get people to even see that? I mean like they admit they might not see it. and I know your style as a therapist mm-hmm. <laughs> you're not like me like girl you got you got some eating things going on you wouldn't say that you're like well let's look at that I mean how do you approach that mm-hmm. yeah yeah a lot of the way that I like to approach it is um, partially even just asking people how much time in a day do you spend mm. thinking about food or thinking about your body okay. or thinking about changing your body And a lot of times people will recognize themselves in that. They'll say, oh, yeah, most of the time. Those are good questions, Michelle. Mm -hmm. And I think people need to realize that that's not a place of health, that Mm -hmm. a lot of what we're told in the media or a lot of what we're told in pop culture or sometimes in our social circles is that that's a very normal thing Mm -hmm. to be thinking and talking about food and our bodies all the time. 
Um, and it's really not. That's a sign mm-hmm. of disorder. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a sign, too, that we might need some extra ways of coping. And mm-hmm. we might need to be able to build up some other sides of ourselves. Okay. That our identity might be around kind of this dream of what we're going to look like someday rather than around who we are as a person. Mm-hmm. I, I want us to make put apply what you just said in the information you've given because I think it's piqued some people's interest. Mm-hmm. So I want you to think of a client, okay? Mm-hmm. And I, I'm going to go to both of your specialties, okay? Mm-hmm. And can you describe a little bit of the journey and maybe what you did, what you helped them do and how over here with with food and body and then over here um, addressing their trauma through EMDR. Mm-hmm. That may be a large <laughs> ask yeah. there, but yeah. it's like, how do we put skin on that? Like if I were to go sit with Michelle mm-hmm. and somebody did come sit with you mm-hmm. and what did you see? What did that, what did that journey look like for them? Yes, absolutely. So I like to give a little disclaimer before I talk about okay. clients. I Do never that. I never talk about any particular client or mm-hmm. give details that someone could recognize. Right. So I'll always use a conglomerate. Okay, that's of great. Three or four clients. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you recognize a person in this, realize I'm not talking about <laughs> <laughs> one single person. It's a um, to protect privacy. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I'm thinking of someone who I worked with who had struggled for a long time with um, binge eating, mm-hmm. that it was something that she really didn't understand, didn't know where it came from, um, but for a long time she had had food insecurity in mm-hmm. the past. Um, so what does um, that mean, food insecurity? Right. <laughs> so food insecurity is when you don't have access to either enough food or enough food regularly. Okay. And so that can include um, a child who has some sensory sensitivities. Mm -hmm. So maybe they're provided with food, but it's not food that they're um, comfortable eating. Mm -hmm. Um, That would provoke some food insecurity. Um, And so a lot of times our bodies respond by biologically and psychologically creating a fixation on food and feeling like we can't get enough food. and that can sometimes include um, hiding food or mm. hoarding food, um, eating in secret, mm-hmm. things like that. Um, but most of the time that usually comes from a place of either restricting ourselves okay. through diets or through some external limitation or from food in- insecurity, okay. not having enough or enough regularly. Um, so this person had struggled with that in their childhood and mm-hmm. just hadn't really realized how much it had affected them now. As that, an adult. Right, wow. right. So this person would always have their cabinets full. They you know, would try to throw things away and go on different diets, but then finding themselves out of control again um, and just really feeling like a failure, really mm-hmm. um, blaming themselves for these problems when really it was a lot more of the external circumstances and not getting what they needed in the past. That's big. And so this person had also experienced a lot of um, exclusion in their past. Mm -hmm. So some people deal with bullying, things that are really overt like that. Um, But 
a lot of times the trauma is just not being included or not feeling as though you belong, um, just really struggling in that sense. Mm -hmm. So with this person, a lot of what we did was first really letting themselves find that sense of safety and security um, and not included with food you know, really providing enough food for themselves, starting to trust their own ability to provide food for themselves mm-hmm. now that they weren't reliant. On somebody else to right. go to the grocery store, yeah. Right, um, and it included connecting them with a dietitian well-versed with eating disorders, being able to support some of those practical pieces too. Mm-hmm. So it's like not just you, right? it's even pulling somebody else in. Right, okay. right. Usually um, the most effective approach is a team approach okay. to be able to have um, people working on multiple levels. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then once some of, once she had felt a little more stabilized with her eating concerns, then we started to dive into some of the roots, um, doing some EMDR around the trauma. And we had done some little um, kind of dipping in with EMDR, so building up some of the positives, doing what some What does EMDR in. stand for? Because you and I know what we're talking about. Yes, so <laughs> EMDR stands for Eye Movement Desensitization and Reprocessing. Okay. Um, so it's a way to let our brains heal from the past mm-hmm. that goes beyond just the cognitive. So okay. beyond just talking or thinking about things, mm-hmm. uh, but including all parts of ourselves okay. in the healing. Um, So we had started doing some of the building up the positive as her symptoms were resolving. Um, But then we started really diving in, doing some more processing, some deeper processing. Mm -hmm. Um, That has nothing to do with food, probably. Right. It's it's the root of the food issue, right? Mm -hmm. But it's it's kind of what was feeding into right. that space. So I think a lot of times when people come to me for yeah. food and body issues, they think we're gonna talk about food and body all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's a part of the work, but mm-hmm. it's usually not the core of the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we did a lot of reprocessing, a lot of really building a sense of safety with herself, um, learning how to use her voice mm-hmm. to advocate for herself when she hadn't been advocated for in the past. Okay. Um, and she really just found more of a place of healing, of being able to accept herself um, and not expecting her body to look or be different than it was, mm-hmm. um, but learning how to love and to care for the body that God had given her. Mm-hmm. Even in the here and now. Exactly. Tell me why you like EMDR so much. <laughs> <laughs> Other than there's this addiction that we get into as clinicians <laughs> that we see people get well really, really quickly, mm-hmm. you know, or, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it gives hope. So I won't even talk to that. Tell me what, what your deal is with EMDR. Yes. I love EMDR because it's so, oh, what's the right word? I don't want to say holistic because okay. that has certain connotations for people, but it's it encompasses so many different aspects of our being as people, that it incorporates our emotions, it incorporates our body sensations, it mm-hmm. helps us start to tune in to our bodies and the information that they're giving us, um, but it also includes healing through some of what our thoughts are thinking. Um, And so I love getting to see how when we work with EMDR, when we do it, we can start to connect some of what we might know logically in Mm -hmm. our adult brains Mm -hmm. with some of what those younger part of our brains don't know yet. 
Okay. We can start to weave the two together to be able to feel more whole um, and to start to feel those things we might know logically. Oh, wow. To feel the things that we may know mm-hmm. or even allow ourselves to feel it. Yes. Sometimes that's the first step, learning how to let yourself feel. Giving permission. In a safe way. Well, I feel like we're right back into talking about, <laughs> um, you know, clients and then trying to figure out like, what in the world was going on with that and like, mm-hmm. tell me more. What do you think we should do next? That type of thing. Yes. You, we call you a daughter. I, that's me. That's JLB in the house. And I, can, I, 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 I call people a, a daughter of the ministry, a son of the ministry that we've mm-hmm. been allowed to launch into the community. Mm-hmm. So what is it? What does it feel like to be, because you've been gone for what, a couple of years? Yeah, it's been three years this summer. No way. I know, it's gone by so fast. Okay. (laughs) Does it feel like that for you? It feels like it's been shorter than that. Yes. Yeah, so the thing is, it's almost like you get to see the daughter of the ministry going and doing something really, really brave and um, hoping all is working out over there. And I know we've had some conversations along the way since you've been gone, but what have you learned and what is God, what are you sensing God saying to you about your practice and also even about the people that you get to serve right now? Is he saying any new stuff to you that he's seeing? That's a big question. That is a big question. It is. Um, yeah. Are you glad you did it? I am so glad I did it. Mm-hmm. So glad. There has just been so much fruit in okay. my own life, in my clients' lives, and just really finding finding that sweet spot. That's okay. one of your terms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm so glad I did just because God has really directed and blessed a lot of my steps. Um, and I am excited about what the future holds of mm-hmm. continuing to work with folks. Um, I don't want to put too much out there because I don't want to lock myself in yeah, yeah, yeah. for expectations. Mm-hmm. But um, I would love to see more support and community around um, body acceptance. and body neutrality. I would love for people to have um, a group, you know, a support system, some way to find those connections because I see so many people who feel so alone Mm -hmm. in their journeys. And especially during the season we we were in Mm -hmm. right now with Mm -hmm. COVID and all that, the pandemic. Right, right. So again, I'm not putting expectations on, but I've kind of been feeling that out thinking about if that might be a direction at some point in the future to but he'll let you know he will and just like I believe that he raised you up Michelle I believe he is even right now raising people up to even maybe mm-hmm. even hear this and to be answering the call or they don't hear this and they're answering a mm-hmm. call and you'll be aware of it you'll be probably one of the first people that would become aware of what's available for mm-hmm. the people that you serve right we're in a time right now where um, we know where our hope lies, but mm-hmm. I just think about the people who are that we get to serve and also maybe even our folks that are listening right now. If Michelle Meinhart could just step even closer to the mic and say, 
if I don't get to say anything else to you right now, this is what I'd want to say to you in, in regards to um, the future, um, if things are hard or if you're scared. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think if I would speak to that person who's feeling that way, mm-hmm. who um, maybe needs a word, I would just say that it's okay to be scared. Mm-hmm. It's okay to not know the path or to not know the answers yet. And that sometimes what God calls us to do is to take a step into the unknown and to allow ourselves to let him move into that space. And so that's my encouragement to you today that if you're feeling stuck, if you're feeling lost, just be still for a moment, just listen. And if you hear him guiding, if you hear him putting something on your heart, let yourself take one step. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be 10 steps. Just it one. Do, it doesn't just one? Just one. Wow. I hope that gives somebody some relief. Mm-hmm. I love that you said it's okay to be scared and to not know. Because the thing is, like, when have we ever really known right? what, what the future <laughs> you know, holds? And um, take, go ahead and take some steps. And mm-hmm. I think that we do them anyway, even though we, you know, when we, you wake up every day and decide to still do that thing, still yes. brush your hair, to brush your teeth, you know, whatever, mm-hmm. to make your bed, mm-hmm. it, those are steps that we're taking. I think what I double underlined today um, was the part where you decided to emulate Jesus Mm. in that you said he saw people mm-hmm. and I hear you loud and clear today saying that's who I want to be absolutely that be that person who sees people just as they are absolutely and willing to sit with them we don't necessarily touch our clients all the time but to touch mm-hmm. them in such a way that just sitting with them they feel like they're being touched yes that they matter yes so when I sit with you here today, I'm just like, oh, God, please don't leave the door again. <laughs> I wish I could just keep you just, you know, put you in a capsule and keep you here. But I know that you're doing an incredible work. And I know that your yes to him was there's no fighting with the Lord <laughs> on that part about Michelle doing the next thing. And I get to see your fruit, the fruit that is coming forth. And his glory that gets to shine through people's lives that are transformed and changed just because they got to sit with you. So thanks for coming, that like allowing God to let this be part of your journey, part of your, the path. we were on the path, <laughs> you yes. know. Yes. And so um, thank you for the hope that you also have given. And I pray that people will be encouraged today to, to be still, to listen, and then have the courage to just um, act on what they've heard. Mm-hmm. So to our listeners, we're going to say goodbye to Miss Michelle Meinhardt. I do want her to tell us, where in the world are you at? If someone said, I, I want to talk to her, who is she, where is she at? Um, where in the world are you hanging out in the city? Yeah, so right now I am officing out of Heritage Family Counseling. Mm-hmm. So 
21st and Woodlawn. It's a great group of folks. Um, Some of our good friends. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, you can also find me at my website, michellemeinhart.com. Um, Spell your last name. <laughs> it's very German, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's M-E-I-N-H-A-R-D-T. I practice writing that forever. You know? <laughs> and Michelle with one L. Yeah, with one L. <laughs> one L. Don't be trying the two L. Mm -hmm. the, the way those people spelled that wrong, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> so that would be great for them to be able to get a hold of you. Mm -hmm. And that you're here in the city in Wichita, Kansas. Yes. And so... Um, tell our friends over here to tell O. I will. Us do that. I will. And they say hi to you too. Yes, yes. Love them. <laughs> love them. So we're signing out right now. And our, our hope is that you have heard something today that was helpful, that will help you on your current journey. Or if you have more questions, that you'll reach out either here to HopeNet or to Michelle Meinhardt. So thank you for joining us today. And this is JLB in the house checking out. And we say God bless you. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Studio 2501, conversations about mental health and wellness. Studio 2501 is hosted by JoLynn Bright. JoLynn is HopeNet's Director of Community Impact, a published author, and has been a licensed clinical therapist for over 20 years. This podcast is owned and operated by HopeNet in Wichita, Kansas. HopeNet is a faith-based nonprofit providing a wide range of mental health and wellness services, including counseling, life coaching, and trainings. For more information on us and how you can help, visit hopenetwichita.org and follow us on social media at HopeNet Wichita. Thank you.